Hello and welcome to Unframed, conversations about the arts on CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon and streaming live around the world at cfcr.ca. I'm your host, Michael Peterson. With me in the studio tonight are Jordan Schwab and Sandra Fraser. Jordan has a project, Table Scraps, at the Saskatoon Farmer's Market that's showing with the Ramey Modern there. Sandra Fraser is the curator from the Ramey. Thank you both for joining me. It's great to be here, Michael. Thank you. Yes. And Table Scraps, free bird. Table, sorry. <laughs> It got added I, later. <laughs> I, I missed the parenthesis yes. of that. On that note, Jordan, if we want to start talking a bit just about the project itself, if you wouldn't mind for listeners who haven't seen the project describing it to start. So the project itself is a large model, about seven foot by seven foot by six and a half feet high of the Reme Modern, done in a chicken coop model, I guess too many models but that's what it is it's a giant chicken coop of the Reme modern with other parts and this is showing at the farmer's market yes. for the month yeah. every saturday yeah and what was the uh i guess the idea behind making the model of the Reme modern i guess the process was sandra approached me to uh work with a woman well, name names about working with her she keeps chickens here in town and kind of talking about coming up with some sort of form that, you know, an artistic form of a chicken coop, I guess, is the, is the initial thought. So that was basically the, that was kind of the end of the, the approach. It was nothing, nothing much else than that. It was kind of my free reign from that point. I met with the person, kind of learned everything about chicken coops. I had no idea anything about chickens whatsoever. I, I didn't know there was such a big thing. Every, as soon as I heard about chickens and illegal chickens, that's all I ever heard about. It's all that was in the news. So it was kind of an interesting interesting thing. I, I learned about, you know, the different shapes, the way chickens, uh, if you're setting up a coop, you want to have kind of like little cubbies and stuff. They like to hide in little cubbies. They have little laying boxes. They have, they have to have hanging water baskets, all this kind of stuff. And, and then it was to think like, well, what, what form would I take? And thinking about where, since this project was at the farmer's market and I have this, you know, kind of in my past, I've had this interest in having sort of mimicked forms, that kind of stuff. Thinking about it being at the farmer's market, I thought the best form would be to make it in the shape of the new gallery, which was kind of, you can kind of see when you have the model set up at the at the farmer's market, you can kind of see the top end of the gallery sort of over top of the cars and stuff like that. And then just reflecting that back now, but yeah, obviously. Yeah. But done in a, you know, more of my own aesthetic, I guess, than, <laughs> than, the, than the Reme itself. But the Reme made for a perfect, when I talked to her and I, I told the woman about, I was thinking the Reme Modern. She said it was perfect because you could just see the chickens, you know, climbing up into the little boxes and, and hanging out. And I also thought it would be really interesting to have chickens in the gallery. You know, it's a, not something you're going to have every day. So and the chickens aren't going to be allowed there, you know, when the gallery's open. So I gave them their own artistic space. <laughs> well, and something too, obviously, that engages with the politics of the market and, and even just with that idea of food there. So, yeah. What has it been like working within? In, it's just been one Saturday that you've been with it, but that sort of engagement process with people at the market as they're coming to view it. Really interesting because it was, we also at the market, I think, you know, the dream and the dream for Sandra was especially to have chickens at the, in this chicken coop because it would be, you know, that's kind of the whole pro, the whole thought process was like, it, and for me it was the most interesting part to be able to have you know, these live animals or something inside this, walking around this white space, because I painted out the the entire uh, gallery model in, you know, pure white to give it that gallery kind of feel. 
And, and then we were told we couldn't have chickens at the farmer's market, which is ironic because it's the farmer's market. And they sell chickens and they have, there's a booth across from where the Reme is set up that sells farm fresh eggs. You buy all the chicken parts inside the market. You just can't actually look at the birds. And the way that the project is set up, uh, there's kind of a run at the bottom and then the rest of the building. There was no way the birds could get out. So it didn't, it didn't make a lot of sense that they couldn't be there. So. Right. Instead, there's videos of chickens. It's <laughs> <laughs> so bringing them there in, in, in video a, form. Yeah, in a video form. So we were able to have the chickens come over. I videotaped the chickens inside the coop. You know, I was able to record sounds, that kind of stuff. And then inside the coop at the farmer's market, is uh, there's three monitors so that you can see different points where the chickens were inside the coop at different places. And then we looped a soundtrack of a really, one of the annoying, one of the chickens was kind of freaking out when we recorded the one Saturday. And, we just looped that noise a lot, and it, it made for a it made for an attractive sound because that I think it just meant that it was some, like people were engaged in like instantly whether they knew it was art or not they really wanted to see where the chickens were and there just was no chickens. <laughs> <laughs> so then they're looking for the chickens. They're looking for the chickens as they're asking, and then as soon as you had that, then we were able to engage on another level. We were then able to talk about myself. I could either talk about the process of the building. Or we were able to talk about just the fact that you couldn't have chickens, you know, in some place that was, you know, selling the chickens. You couldn't have chickens in Saskatoon. For me, I'm not originally from here, but I always thought about Saskatoon as a farm town, and you're not allowed to have chickens in the farm town. So it's just, it, you know, there's many layers to why it was ironic to have this project. Maybe that's a good note, Sandra, to sort of talk a bit about the curatorial process for the project and sort of what the thinking was behind bringing this idea of the politics and chickens to the market. Sure. I mean, we were asked, Rose, Troy, and I were asked to come up with some kind of community engagement project working with art and artists. So I go to the farmer's market as a shopper pretty much every Saturday, so I was quite familiar with, with the market, what was the environment, who went there, and thinking about the politics of food production, food consumption, and if we were going to be there, it needed to make sense to me with the audience who would be there. And it's local produce, so it made sense to engage with local artists. And also, as a market kind of thing where people are there to buy food, like, as a shopper, I'm there to grocery shop. But then there's this, social, this whole social component where people go and enjoy all this amazing food that you can buy in the cafes that are there. So trying to imagine how to engage with that kind of public is showing art that in sort of excites the imagination or curiosity. It doesn't necessarily look like art when you first encounter it. And so we're trying to encourage people asking questions. And I was interested, I think, in the, in the political component of being at the market and the agency that people actually have over what they consume, how they interact in the world, and the criticality that we try to promote in the art gallery. So it's about discussions, not about platitudes or preaching to people. It's really about asking questions and provoking some kind of discussion. Well, and with the chickens then, some discussion about, as you were mentioning, that idea of what we have the right to. Like, we can get 
free-range eggs, but we can't hatch them ourselves or raise those chickens ourselves, right? Right. And so I, I guess I'm just thinking in terms of that sort of where the limits are of that freedom for people and sort of asking people to what they're looking for, their food, or how they're what control they can have over their own food products. Is that part of that? or? Yeah, and we were thinking about each month that we would take a very different approach. There's three curators, three months, three artists. It broke down really neatly. Okay. And we were basically responding to each other and to the kind of projects that each other were proposing. So I was interested in structure, eggs, and I knew that chickens were illegal in Saskatoon. So sort of contrasting that with wartime efforts, Victory Gardens, where people were actually encouraged to grow their own food and raise their own chickens as this kind of patriotic duty. Whereas now most of us are so detached from our food production, myself included. And here I find like Jordan mentioned the farm town. There's like lots of people have farm experience and I, and lots of people have no experience whatsoever with growing their own food or the animals that they eat. Right. So bridging those things, and there's a great movement, of course, around knowing your where your food comes from, or at least knowing the people who are producing your food. It was interesting. Most of the people we did talk about that had the farm experience, it's, you know, it's a farm town, but it's also like an industrial farm town. And I think that was the big thing. It was a lot of people had experience on these giant super farms or something like it, you know. So it's even even that is detached from, say, just having a garden in your backyard. And I think that may be where the contradiction comes from here is that there's farming and then there's living in the city. Right. And they're two very different things. They don't mix. And you have, you know, activists or uh, hipsters trying to figure out how to grow their own food. And I think there's a bit of a tension there between like people who've grown up on farms and know the hard work that goes into actually your grocery store is outside your door. Mm -hmm. You're like growing your own veg and raising your own animals. You have an unromantic relationship (laughs) with where your food comes from whereas i think maybe some urban gardening it's kind of a romantic notion about it well sure but also you've got this idea of policy that excludes people growing their own food too i mean it becomes really hard like you can't bring chickens to the market or you can't have them in a backyard in town so there's all these limits to growing your own food too, right? Mm-hmm. And I think people like to, if you are if you're have sort of activist notions, people like to push you to the limit. Well, okay, you're a vegetarian. Well, do you wear leather shoes? It's like, what's, what's the point of this conversation, right? Every act that you take that is thoughtful and considered is a good act. It doesn't mean that every act you take has to meet this certain standard. And I think there's a pressure to, since you can't be a perfect person, don't bother, (laughs) right? Just like accept it, be an automaton and allow the industrial complex to rule everything, right? And I, I think these little gestures are really important. 
It's like, yeah, you grow real carrots in your garden. It's a political act and it's a good act and you're not saving the world, but you're actually thinking and contributing to your own well-being and the and your relationship with your environment then part of this too then is this opportunity for art to ask people to consider things that they may not have asked people to consider acts even if it's a small act or a single yeah act. absolutely and i think that's what we were thinking about in terms of the project are these these gestures right these small gestures that are important they're important in an artist's practice it's all about criticality thinking engaging having relationships with other people being willing to challenge your own uh, belief system well and then to challenging people in terms of what they're considering art because as you were mentioning this isn't what you might expect going into a gallery seeing hanging on a gallery wall this is something that's asked people to consider a little bit further to what they're considering as art, right. right? And when I was thinking about, okay, there's all these eggs, I buy eggs at the market, and I liked the idea of a coop as an artistic sort of expression, but it was important to me that it wasn't like a vanity thing, that it actually functioned as a coop, but through an artist's lens right. and through an artist's sensibility about what that relationship might be, with those chickens and that's why I thought Jordan would be a great choice for that because of how he thinks about his practice and I imagine that he wouldn't see that as a limitation he would see it as an interesting challenge but how to think about how he works and then this uh, particular challenge of making it function as a coop and it's not to diminish his artistic ideas or whatever it's about actually thinking about how creativity belongs in the real world like it's it's not simply a vanity thing or a, a luxury thing actually creativity is embedded into our daily life well, and asking how we can approach art in a way that someone who's shopping at the market who isn't choosing to go to a gallery can still approach it and understand it. But Jordan, on that point then too, I, I, Sandra was talking about your practice and I just, in terms of like bringing something outside the gallery, just knowing some of your past work, I feel like your work can tra transition to that without, you know, like you're not building, you're not making paintings that go on a wall necessarily. You're no, building structures. I, yeah, like my, my own practice is very much, it's, and I think this is how why the project works so well for myself and why I'm so you know happy to do it was just my practice has always been taking some sort of like I see it as taking some sort of problem I'll think of a problem whether it's a legitimate problem or not I will think about that problem and then I'll figure out how to you know find a solution to that problem in some sort of visual and it doesn't it doesn't always end up being uh, something that works even that well in a gallery or, or not it, or something on a wall or some sort of thing which in the end, I end up with a lot of weird parts and stuff like that left over because you don't know what to do with them after. But so to have the challenge, you know, just be, be presented with make a coop. You know? <laughs> it's like, OK, you know, what, what do I got to do and how do I, you know, how do I stick and, you know, think about it the way I, I wanted to think about it. That, but then also when I'm building, like it was probably the most it was the weirdest, most interesting thing I think I've got to do because it was still in the back of my mind keeping that, OK, I have to have this functional. So, you know, in past I've had built, you know, lots of miniatures, done models. I've always been really keen on like, 
you know, working with scale and keeping things with scale. I had a, had a prof in my undergrad who we used to joke that he'd break out the micrometer and check all of our scale, you know, buildings to make sure they were the right size. And so with this, it was, it had to become much more loose because, you know, I was, so I had this idea, okay, about the Reme, but I knew I couldn't get the plans and try to copy the boxes because I also had to had the constraint of fitting in within a 10 by 10 tent at the farmer's market. <laughs> you know, I had the square footage that I had to work with. So, I, you know, I did a walk around the gallery and I figured out where all the little juts and the little cantilevers were and that kind of stuff. And then I laid out the plan on my floor. And then beyond that, I had to just kind of go. So I knew I needed to have this run be about two feet high. And then, you know, so that had to be the base and, you know, and then it, building up the rest of the boxes, it was also this thought that, okay, this is a temporary artwork, so it has to be able to get in and out of the market in a Saturday. So building in parts, building in all these things and, you know, trying to think about, you know, how, what preps are going to want to deal with this and how to put it up and take it down. And so it was just this, it was all these sort of functional aspects. And then beyond that, it was then to see how I could maybe fit it and still stick with this. My own aesthetic has been very much this sort of like use what I have around and use what I need to do to get the job done and whatever the, is the job. And so it was, in a, for me, it was an opportunity to use, you know, all these parts and things I collected in my garage. It was, I think it half cleared out my shop of, you know, materials okay. and stuff. It still, it still ended up, my shop is still a mess and I still <laughs> think I have more, but I, you know, as I, I had hardwood flooring that I saved from our house from like 10 years ago almost. And, I, you know, I knew one day, I'm like, I'm going to use this. And then, oh, well, lo and behold, I needed some cool-looking siding to make up the sided part of uh, of the Reme. So, that, well, that hardwood flooring, that, that seemed like the thing, you know. And I walked my dog through the alleys because I like, in Caswell, the alleys are probably the most interesting thing. Like, the fronts of the people's houses, they keep them pretty nice. The back alleys are where everybody dumps their stuff that they don't really want. And so it's, or store the things that they don't really want. So... It's a good place to go and grab materials. I found the one guy was throwing out all this old barn board that he had on his house, and it ended up becoming this, you know, key feature of that kind of thing. And then, yeah, the the whole thing just sort of builds from what I kind of have and what I, but also thinking about that function in the end. Well, sure. And then in terms of the choice of the Raimi as the sort of starting point, aside from being functional as a coupe, was yep. part of that also about... And talking about the change that's happening, the movement from the Mendel to the Raymond. So, I mean, definitely, I'm, and also in all my practice, at some point I'm going to usually do some sort of thing that, like, my instantaneous sort of thought process to, to give somebody a kind of a, you know, uh, a, if you want to bleep it later, I can swear, but I give somebody a f*** you, and, that, and that, that's usually how I work in some sort of way. And so it was this thought of having, you know, I, there's sort of this controversy one way or the other. I'm not really sure what side I'm on myself. You know, I, I want to see this giant building. But it's this thought process that so many people were, you know, against the gallery or for the gallery or whatever. And then thinking, you know, okay, you're against birds, you're, you're for birds or whatever. So it was, that was my process was thinking like, okay, these birds can have a Picasso of their own to, you know, to look at and, and see. And so I mean the the process at the one time I, I was hoping to have some some sort of beautiful art in there, uh, but it, it the project changed as I went as well, and so that that's usually how it goes. Is as much as I have that instantaneous sort of thought of where I want to go, as I get into the project, then the, then my thoughts start kind of changing, and, and you know things as you as you build or as you draw or as I you know set up some sort of installation or something, things will change, and so and that's where the process kind of goes. But it's usually some sort of that initial sort of tact is how I, what I usually take so 
It's interesting to me when you're talking about problem solving and, and you were talking earlier about working in the real world, right? Like yeah. art that exists in a space rather than in its separate space, separated from. And I just think it's interesting because when you're at you're in art school, you know, often it's that sort of romantic notion of I'm going to make something, I'm not going to worry about the viewer or I'm yeah. going to worry about them later, you know? That consideration is largely what's informing this. Or yeah, no, I think that's always, it. for me, it's always been some sort of, my audience maybe isn't, Sometimes I think I either make things for my dad and his and the guys I used to work with or something. You know, like it was some sort of my audience is not an audience that I'm always is maybe the general art viewing audience. I'm always thinking about what is it maybe that would get this guy that would never see an art project. What would make him somewhat interested? You know, or so, sure. so, something like something like that. So it's usually then that you have to bring in maybe a different aesthetic that's you know more attracted to say somebody that's more of a you know would a carpenter be interested in this? I have no idea, but let's see if I can add a few pieces that he might think were oh that's you need that you know or some some sort of expertise that they might need or something like that. So that's usually how it it is thinking about the audience in the end and or you know right from the beginning rather than thinking about it afterwards. It's I find it probably. Even in my own practice, when it is coming up with problems, I find it easier actually to work a project than it is to work, uh, you know, like to, to just come up with my own things that I think are going to be awesome. I, I don't I don't really have that kind of thought process because I think there's so much out there and there's so many ideas out there that it's, it's interesting to have a challenge instead to start with. Also, when you're talking about creating an accessible space, it's, you're often talking about creating that from a material perspective, right? Like, yeah which is interesting as an entry point that that's often something that people can connect with. When sometimes in art, we tend to think about the ideas where you're just saying, well, I'm going to use this hardwood floor. I'm going to create something that a, a you know, construction worker would recognize, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Sandra, just in terms of the structure itself, as Jordan was saying, building it in the shape of the Raimi, what is the react? I know it's just been like one Saturday and that we're talking, but what has people's reactions been like to seeing chickens running in that space? I found it really, like when Jordan first showed me, I thought it was brilliant and funny and just this great way to talk about the role of the gallery and the function of it and kind of invert it or make it actually use it to, like you're using the chickens really to talk about the gallery or, you know what I mean? Like there's ways to open up the conversation. But when we were at the market, I found most people didn't realize, they didn't notice that it was in the shape of the gallery. And maybe it's because of all of the activity around the market, the fact that it was under the tent and so on. And yes, it's boxy and it's the form of Ramey Modern, but the materials are quite different. And Jordan did these great uh, panels with these cartoony type clouds to mimic the glass so I think there were it was more subtle than I thought it would be but it was quite cool also people would would hear the chicken sounds right you can see in their eyes they're trying to figure out was that a chicken I just heard and then they start looking at the structure and they might start looking in the structure to find the chickens so it starts about the chickens right and everybody has a chicken story we discovered (laughs) (laughs) so it's a great way to talk about something that's not threatening at all right everybody knows chickens it's like who i had no idea and then 
it was it took me a couple of hours actually to realize that people didn't notice it was the shape of the gallery and then to start talking to people about the gallery and pointing out well this part here is the event space so we're gonna host weddings and conferences and other kinds of events there and it's like Oh, really? So it was a way to talk about the gallery also in this non-threatening way that, I mean, required people's imaginations for sure, <laughs> but <laughs> was right there. And they could, you could see people thinking about, okay, these are the things that are going to be happening in this space. <laughs> so it was a great way. It was more effective, actually, than I thought. Hmm. about talking about what the building was going to be. I thought people would just recognize it and there wouldn't be so much discussion about it. But because they didn't easily recognize what it was, it was a way of drawing in a conversation about the gallery and all the things that are going to happen in that space, which may or may not include live chickens. We don't know. I think it's (laughs) interesting, like, for the, all the controversy that the gallery has sort of brought up, you know, you have it in the news all the time, they always talk about the cost overruns, all that kind of stuff. It is such an, un, like, an unfamiliar shape to people still. Like, you, you could see some people, we had, there was pamphlets that the Reme has there, and it has the little building on the bottom, and when somebody would see the pamphlet, like, oh, yeah, that is the gallery. But it was, it was just the fact that that shape right now is still unfamiliar, and I think it's because the building is still under construction. It doesn't have all these finishes. For me, I would... I'm coming over from on the Sid Buckwell Bridge, right? That's when I'm looking at it the most, and that's when you kind of see. So you, you kind of have some idea, but even now, you know, not all the glass is done, not all of it. So it still looks like a construction site. So it doesn't have its form. It doesn't have this final thing that we're all familiar with. Like maybe, you know, in a year or so when the thing's done and people have been in and out of the building, it might be an easier thing to say, oh, this is the gallery. That was that's interesting. But it, in that stage right now, it it wasn't, you know. And I think that was part of, like. Most of the materials I tried to keep were that, you know, construction end, and I end up including some of my, like, previous little under-construction barricades because I think that's, you know, try to, you know, clue in people that it's the same thing. It's, it's the thing that's under construction across the way. <laughs> so yeah. this is going to be going up for the next three Saturdays, yeah. and then the last Saturday will be the final wrap-up for this project. Yeah. Is that right? And what can people expect uh, for that last Saturday? Do we want to give any hints? Well, the last Saturday, Jordan will be there again. The next two Saturdays, we have a couple of chicken activists who will be there to talk about the reality of keeping backyard chickens based on their own research and experiences. But Jordan will be back on the last Saturday. And then the evening of the 27th, we're hosting a turnout event where each of the artists will do presentations about their projects. And we still need to confirm exactly who else is presenting, but a number of people who've been involved over the summer, invite them to talk about their research and their contribution to the project. And we'll have some food and some uh, cocktails, all in keeping with the idea of the local and the market foraging, slow growth, doing things yourself. And we'll have the musical powers providing some uh, entertainment. 
So it's very sort of homegrown kind of feeling to bring everybody together because the market is very much a casual. You're, people are just walking by. You're just having a brief conversation with someone. There's no real presentation the way that we normally think of in the art world. Right. So this is kind of a way to bring everybody together at one time and celebrate the project and share in the experience. Great. And this is happening as well at the market then? This long? will happen, yeah, at the market between 7 and we'll probably wrap up around 9 or 10 p.m. And admission is free and there'll be, you know, cash bar. It'll be great fun. And also then you can see Jordan's Coop for the next three Saturdays during the regular market hours, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Yep. yep. And we're hoping that uh, we'll keep the uh, Coop up for the turnout event and we might have some special guests oh have to come out to see hey <laughs> yes well thank you both for joining me thank you thanks michael again i'm michael this has been unframed conversations about the arts on cfcr 90.5 fm a reminder is always that if you'd like to listen to this episode again or any of our past episodes you can find our podcasts at unframedradio.com or on itunes and you can always follow us on social media or unframed radio on facebook instagram and twitter Thank you and have a good evening.